You're listening to the Horizon CIO podcast. Our live events and WhatsApp group offers CIOs the opportunity to network with peers and discuss key issues in a moderated debate with journalist Mark Chillingworth. If you're not already a member, contact Mark on Twitter or LinkedIn. This podcast is currently seeking vendor partners. If you're an innovation provider with a story to tell, please contact producer Matt via our website, www.horizoncio.network to find out more. Welcome to this Horizon CIO podcast with me, Mark Chillingworth. In this episode, we're discussing security ratings and what their impact will be to the CIO and the CTO. In these turbulent economic times, we've all become aware of the importance of ratings organisations and the likes of Moody's has become a part of popular culture. Credit ratings businesses such as Moody's are vital to investors. But in today's complex digital economy, all members of the business leadership team need to be as aware as an investor is when it comes to understanding their security landscape. A number of CIOs in markets such as telecoms, financial services and the energy sector have shared with me that security ratings are important and becoming increasingly seen in the board level discussions they have. It's a fast growing market and to explain why security ratings are set to arrive at board level discussions, I am joined by Jacob Alcott, Vice President, Communications and Government Affairs at Bitsight, a challenger company in this market. Jacob, welcome to the Horizon CIO podcast. Can we begin at a very basic level? Uh, and could you explain to me as a layman, what are security ratings and how they work for an organization? Mark, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for uh, for having me uh, join uh, the conversation today. I'm looking forward to the chat. So uh, at a very basic level, uh, a security rating is a measurement of an organization's cybersecurity performance uh, conducted by an independent objective organization. Uh, so BitSight is a cybersecurity ratings organization. And what we're doing is we are rating organizations around the world on their cybersecurity performance. Uh, BitSight uses a ratings system that looks a lot like the consumer credit model. Uh, our ratings range from 250 to 900. 250 is a poor security rating, and 900 is an outstanding security rating. And the interesting thing about what we do is we're collecting all of that security performance information all from external to the organization, collecting that continuously and in real time. And so security ratings can change on a daily basis depending on what we see. So my, my analogy of, of Moody's is actually more like an Equifax that I, I can go on there and check my credit rating as to whether I can uh, buy yet more bicycle parts, actually, and, and your, your dashboard will be more akin to that. It's interesting. We've actually um, adopted models from both the consumer credit ratings uh, market as well as the financial ratings market. So uh, similar to a consumer credit rating, you can get in, you can check your, your rating on a, um, you know, on a daily basis. Things can change. When things change, it's reflected in ours. But, but more akin to the S&P and Moody's, we're rating organizations uh, and not individuals. Yeah. So is a securities ratings platform there for a tool to help technologists, be they CIOs, CISOs, and CTOs, uh, with a way of ensuring that the whole organization is, uh, and it's a term I don't like using, but it's it's important these days, aligned and understands the security landscape? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect um, uh, description of some of the major uh, use cases for security ratings today. Uh, we like to describe uh, the use cases in terms of third-party uh, and first-party. Uh, when it comes to third-party issues, you know, your, um, uh, your listeners will appreciate that there has been a dramatic rise in the level of attacks 
targeting third-party organizations, be they vendors, contractors, supply chain, et cetera. Uh, when we think about the number of breaches that have taken place over the last you know, five to 10 years, a lot of breaches um, really originate with the third-party organization. And that's because we as you know, CIOs and CTOs have been spending a lot of time and energy and money protecting ourselves, and the bad guys are just sort of shifting their their focus to the uh, the more insecure third party that often has a lot of our sensitive data. So, uh, security ratings are really useful in helping organizations understand pre-contract what security performance looks like um, of my vendors or third parties, but then also continuously during the lifetime of our business relationship. And as you know, things change in security. Uh, so when things change, you can see that reflected um, in the BitSight rating, uh, and you can more easily work with your third party, your vendor, to address some of these underlying security issues. From a first-party perspective, BitSight calls that security performance management. And the idea here is that organizations are not only concerned about the risk from their third parties, but they want to better understand how are we doing? How are we performing? Um, and as you pointed out earlier, you know, this is an issue for board members, for senior executives. And so we have a lot of customers who are also interested in looking at their own security rating, in benchmarking their security performance against peers or competitors or the broader business sector um, in which they inhabit. I'm going to come back to, the, to that point about how we are doing because it's really important. Uh, but interestingly, listening to, what, to your response there, I've noticed as well that how you respond as an organization to to when when these things do happen is is important and and Maersk obviously was hit by one of the big attacks uh, going back I think it was two two years ago but Maersk has been very public about how it responded and from what I'm getting, gathering from from the many business forums I go to it's 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 one that is it's done their brand nothing but good that they've turned around and said yeah we were hit by it it, it took our shipping business offline uh, in some ways uh, it was hugely damaging but Look how we've responded, and now we're, we're still we're, we're back and uh, sailing sailing strong again. It speaks to this um, really important development that you've highlighted, which is that transparency about cybersecurity is becoming a critical issue uh, in the 21st century. So, you know, to this point. We're doing business with so many different organizations, uh, vendors and contractors and folks. Um, our investors are making investment decisions in us. Our insurance companies are trying to un better understand our own security performance. All of these things that are happening all speak to this underlying issue. Organizations are demanding more information about the security performance of, of folks that they're doing business with. And so if you really want to get ahead of this trend, uh, you have to you know, understand that this is a major issue. You have to manage to that expectation too. Because you know, for years, we have been treating security as something that belonged behind closed doors in classified discussions. And the reality is it's had such a major impact on our business today, we have to be out front confronting this. And those organizations that are able to demonstrate strong security performance are more likely to be successful financial performers in the long run. That's the reality of the situation today. And that performance, to, to, to use the Maersk example, is, is, 
is, is the response piece as well. Is that sometimes you just can't avoid it. It happens. That's exactly right. Um, in fact, I, uh, I'm here in London uh, at the Gartner Security and Risk Conference, and Maersk, uh, the Maersk CTO just gave um, a really great keynote uh, this morning about uh, about their experience. And you know, he he actually stressed this morning that it was all about transparency to partners, transparency to investors. That was a you know, very important part of their success story uh, over the weeks uh, during during their response. By the way, I will add that it was not something he and he said this. It was not something that he thought was the right thing to do. He said that he was really taking instruction from his CEO. It was very important for the CEO to have that transparent line of communication about what was happening, how they were remediating it, how they were going about doing it. And later he realized that that was the exact right thing to do. Fascinating challenge to the culture of, of, of security and, and, and technology in, in organizations. And do you find though, you know, because there's a talking about how we're doing, uh, organizations approach this technology as a stick to beat IT up with, or is the visibility uh, more of a way for organizational performance to, to be measured and to look at how they can improve? You know, I think it. Um, we've seen some different experiences depending on the on the use cases. I think from a high level, I would say that CIOs and CISOs that we view as being very strategic think of security ratings as a great benefit to their organization. They're really able to leverage that independent objective data use it to their own advantage, uh, whether that is to be able to advocate for more budget, to do more things from a security perspective, you know, showing that I can take this rating from a, you know, 500 to a 650 over a period of time and using that data as a way of um, advocating for themselves, um, you know, to the senior executives and board members, whether it's using that rating as a way of advocating to business partners uh, about how good we are doing, how well we're performing with respect to security. By the way, this is not to say that just because we're performing well doesn't mean that we can't experience an incident. It just speaks to, you know, the seriousness uh, that we take our security performance and how we're going about uh, managing uh, this risk. So I would say that from a uh, from a strategic perspective, a lot of CISOs and a lot of CIOs are seeing a lot of benefit um, in in thinking about security ratings from that perspective. In terms of managing third-party or vendor relationships, we've seen a lot of success um, of, with CISOs who view this as a way of enabling a better conversation with their third parties. Um, when I first started at BitSight, I expected that a CISO was going to use a bad security rating as a way of, you know, really punishing uh, the third party. And it was only over a period of time that I realized, you know, there's a reason why organizations are going into business with each other. They're providing a tremendous amount of value. Uh, and that's why, you know, they're, they're, they're becoming part of the organization. CISOs realize that too. And so what they want to do is they want to develop a collaborative partnership with their third parties to really get them to improve their security performance. And the way that a lot of folks are able to quantitatively and objectively do that is by using a security rating as a way of enabling a better, stronger partnership collaboration. They can look at how party. they can jointly share the risk. It's exactly right. And you know, the other interesting thing is that we've also discovered that the traditional methods um, that CISOs used to enable that collaboration 
weren't really very effective. If you think of the way that I used to work with a you know third party or vendor CISO, I would call them up on the phone and I would say, "How are you? You know, are, what are you doing to address this blue keep vulnerability?" And they would say, "We did it." It's done. Thanks for calling. Um, and that kind of interaction was not terribly useful. It was hard to validate what was actually going on. Um, at BitSight, what we do is we allow organizations to share data with their third parties to enable them to access the platform. And we find that that has actually led to not only really great conversations with folks, but it's a way of being able to validate that my third party has actually done what, what I'm expecting them to do. And have you found customers and organizations using it also to recognize what they're doing well? I recently uh, took part in a panel debate where, interestingly, CISOs sounded like they were less aligned and they were a little less motivated in the organization. Uh, and it reminded me where CIOs were over tw- 11, 12 years ago when I first started dealing with them. And obviously the CIO, CTO now is sort of a part of the leadership pack and, and, and in a great place. And I was quite surprised uh, in this study that I, I sat in on that CISOs weren't there. But are you seeing people use it to actually say, well, we are doing this well? Yeah, and that's a and that's a super point. Um, CISOs, there are a lot of CISOs that want to be strategic advisors inside of their organization, but they get stuck in the operational you know, tactics um, and, uh, you know, quite frankly, just sort of buried in the details. Um, what we find is that leveraging... Um, metrics, objective metrics, uh, performance metrics is a really good way for CISOs to sort of come above the fray and be strategic advisors to the company, whether that's to the CIO, to the CEO, to the board level. You know, a lot of boards um, have become very concerned about their cybersecurity risk and what is the board's role in overseeing this risk. And for years, CISOs have been trying to communicate with their board members using data that, quite frankly, means nothing to the board member. You know, fire, you're talking about firewalls when the board is used to seeing things in, you know, in, in metrics and measurements. And so what we find is that CISOs are, who are leveraging security ratings and being able to benchmark their own performance um, against their peers, against their competitors, against the broader sector. They're having really good strategic conversations uh, with board members in a way that wasn't really happening five to 10 years ago. Now, I appreciate this is not great radio or podcasting, but can you show me what the benchmark looks like and uh, what a, a CIO who's listening in might go, oh, I, I think that would fit our organization? Yeah, sure thing. So, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've opened up my laptop uh, and I've logged on to the BitSight uh, portal. And when I log on to the BitSight portal, uh, I'm able to see, you know, any organization that I've subscribed to, uh, including my own. Uh, so right now, uh, I've pulled up uh, my own organization. And what you're seeing here is on the top left-hand side, you're seeing uh, today's uh, security performance rating. And, and what I'm seeing is a, is a sort of a three... Th- Three pillars, effectively, uh, and it reminds me of the sort of data uh, I've seen CIOs and CTOs and all CEOs use from from Thompson Reuters, Financial Times. Those sort of it's, uh, you've got a nice line diagram there. Tell me about the line diagram. What's that helping with? Yeah, this is uh, this is the previous year's worth of security performance, and so right. you know we all understand that 
things change in cybersecurity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so um, this is a particular rating uh, that, as you can see, Mark, has has changed uh, you know, frequently over time. Yeah. Um, you're seeing some areas uh, over you know, some periods of time that the rating has actually improved. Um, other times it has dropped. And what you're seeing on the screen is you know, um, identified by numbers um, these are areas where the rating has dropped more than 20 points. You can click on any one of these, and you can see the reason f that explains the the drop in the security. There's little rating. toggles there, isn't there, that, that you would click on, just like if you were looking at almost sports data. It, it's exactly right. And you know, the whole the whole point of BitSight initially was to help. Um, organizations make business decisions on cybersecurity. You know, yeah. for so many years, we've had a lot of cybersecurity information, but it's been very overwhelming. We've, it's almost we've had too much information, and that yeah. has you know led to sort of you know decision stagnation. Technical data on top of technical data. Exactly right. And so, really, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to consolidate a lot of really meaningful security performance information together. Um, but at the same time, providing you know some uh, um, some guidance, uh, some insight into you know, uh, from a from a ratings perspective into you know directionally you know how should we be thinking about this organization? The usability strikes me as it's so similar to the to the platforms that the CFO, the COO, the CEO will be using all the time. How important is visualization like that in helping the whole organization communicate uh, and helping the CISO and the CTO communicate to the board? This is, you know, we're on this threat vector, or actually we're doing well, but we could do even better. I mean, to me, this is so important. It may be one of the most crucial things, the visualization component. Um, from a CISO perspective, you know, you really, uh, and CIOs as well, anybody who's communicating security performance and security risk up the chain really needs to focus on a few things. I mean, one is, you know, the ability to tell the story, you know, what, you know, the, the, the why, the so what factor is really important. Um, and you have to be able to get that out of the conversation about firewalls. You know, the, the point is not the firewall, right? Yeah. The point is, uh, you know, to protect the data, to protect the company, uh, to protect our reputation. And um, so you have to be a good storyteller if you're, you know, if you're presenting, you know, to, to senior executives and board members. But to your point, Mark, you know, one of the things that I have seen over the course of, you know, my 15 years in, uh, in, in cybersecurity is an evolution in the way that we present those things uh, to senior executives, again, thinking you know, five to ten years ago, um, folks were you know copying and pasting from an Excel spreadsheet to show you know the number of you know firewalls implemented or the number of intrusions detected, and um, that doesn't make for a very compelling story. Um, you know, the data is meaningless without more context. And, you know, if you're in the C-suite, you're expecting to see not only, you know, better data that tells stories, but also in a really compelling, you know, visual manner. And so BitSight spends a lot of time on our visualization. We think it's really, it's a really important part of the user experience. Um, and what we've noticed is that a lot of our customers were spending a lot of time you know, preparing their own board materials and things like that. Today, a lot of them are either just printing out reports, you know, through our platform, or they're doing like a very simple, you know, copy and paste from some of the visualizations, you know, that that you're seeing here. What fascinates me is uh, a little while back after the uh, National Health Service in the UK was hit with that uh, ransomware attack, uh, we were moderating a debate 
for NHS CIOs, a number of CIOs pointed out that when the government had given money to fix the uh, the error that the ransomware exploit used, it wasn't ring-fenced. So those trusts who uh, have been massively starved of funding uh, of late you know, gave them a pot of cash. They spent it in all good meaning, on, on the hospital trust. They didn't actually spend it on, on the technology because it wasn't they weren't dictated to that it must, ha- it must go on the IT fix. Uh, and then those were the hospital trusts that naturally got hit by the, by the ransomware attack. And, uh, and a platform like this could at least, you know, who would want to be the CEO of an NHS trust with all those pressures of, of patients and, and uh, performance figures and, and, and most importantly, people's health? Uh, but something like that would at least help them go, actually, yeah, I do need to invest in the in the security bit and, I, and the government has given me money and I better use it where it, where it's where intended. You're actually highlighting a really important use case uh, for BitSight. Uh, so we are actually working with a lot of different government agencies um, around the world on this issue of how do we measure portfolio level performance. So this is a classic example. Government gives out a lot of money in a certain area. Um, you know, the expectations are that this money is going to be spent, you know, on security. Well, how do we measure that? How do we measure whether it has actually improved our environment or not? And what we're finding is a lot of government um, agencies are now starting to think about how do we measure the effectiveness of the programs that we have, um, of our of our of the regulations that we've put in place, um, of our um, of our on-site assessments or our regulatory environment. And you know, one of the biggest challenges that they have had for years, it's the same challenge that enterprises have had lack of visibility into a broader third-party ecosystem. And so we're very proud to be working with a lot of different government agencies today as they try to address this critical challenge that they have about measuring broad security performance across a diverse you know, group of organizations. So it's a bit like the impact ratings that uh, marketeers and that rely on to, to understand that their, their programs are working. Exactly right. But are organizations becoming more aware of the risks they, they face uh, to brand reputation, customer service, uh, and, and uh, regulatory, such as GDPR? Um, is that improving? I think that there's a lot more awareness uh, of these issues. Um, certainly over the last um, you know five to ten years, you've seen dramatic changes in the cyber regulatory environment. Of course, here, uh, you know, GDPR is a prime example um, uh, of how a, regu- uh, a regulation has really changed the mindset um, of not only the security professionals, but also of the C-suite um, and board members. You know, just in the last two months, there have been over $5 billion in regulatory fines issued uh, associated with these you know, some of these new cybersecurity uh, requirements and guidelines, both from a GDP, GDPR perspective and also, you know, in the U.S., we had a lot of fines uh, stemming from the Equifax uh, breach. This is absolutely on the minds of you know senior executives and board members. And I think one of the challenges that those folks have is how do we um, how do we know um, that we're investing in the right things? How do we know that we have the right technology in place? How are we managing this risk? Uh, they have historically had challenges in understanding the information that was being disclosed to them by their, you know, by their CISOs. Um, yet it's a, it's a critical issue. 
at the end of the day, what a board member or a senior executive wants to do is they know that this is a possibility that even if we have the most sophisticated technology in place, we may experience something bad. But what they want to be able to do is they want to be able to say, we did everything that we thought we could do, we thought that we should be doing in order to mitigate that possibility. And what that is called is about defensible decision-making. The ability to look your investor in the eye, look your partner in the eye, look your shareholders in the eye, look your regulators in the eye and say, we understood how we were performing, we made decisions based on risk, and unfortunately, this was just not our time. And you mentioned Equifax, um, but we've had uh, British Airways and Merit. How much of these, you know, they've become world-famous newspaper headline stories. How much have they helped uh, focus the minds on security? And have, uh, and have they helped people consider the adoption of security ratings as, as a way of operating their business? It's, it's absolutely focused the mind. And I would say... Um, you know, as we were talking about earlier, a lot of these breaches involve third parties. And I think that that is something that has really changed over the last five years or so is the rise in the number of third-party breaches, vendor breaches, contractor breaches. What organizations are realizing is that this breach may be affecting a third party of mine, at the end of the day, it's my reputation. I'm the one who's appearing on the front pages of the Financial Times or the Wall Street Journal. And so they really need to be thinking about how do we manage that risk, to the risk to my broader ecosystem. It's not just about managing my own cyber risk, but thinking about how those other uh, incidents may actually come back to haunt me. And in a lot of these uh, regulations that are coming out, GDPR included, the first party will be held liable for the misgivings uh, and the poor performance of their third party. So that's even more, um, uh, you know, provides greater incentive uh, for organizations to be thinking more about this. So it's a tool for the cloud age and, and, the, and the, 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 the overriding strategy of CIOs to, to be cloud first. What about um, organi- I mean, all organizations still have legacy technologies, they have technical debt uh, from M&As and all sorts. How, how do you help them understand that? At BitSight, we're able to measure anything that has an IP address. And so, you know, a lot of those legacy systems um, are still connected to the internet. Um, and so, you know, what we're trying to do is get visibility um, uh, across organizations around the globe, understanding security performance for any digitally connected asset. Uh, I think what, um, what a lot of CIOs and CISOs are thinking about is, how do I better manage the vulnerabilities from some of these legacy systems? Um, maybe how can I uh, take out some of those legacy systems and upgrade them over time? And of course, I think that for a lot of folks, that's a, that's a really good um, you know, path forward or strategy. Uh, but it's interesting, you know, a lot of the organizations that we rate today who are larger organizations um, folks think that larger organizations would be better security performers than small or medium-sized organizations. And what I have to tell them is, unfortunately, that the data does not exactly show that. Large organizations have large footprints to manage. 
and lots of legacy systems too. And so I think, you know, even though they may have the resources, they have a very large footprint that they need to get a handle on, and it's very difficult to do that. So some of the larger organizations in, um, uh, in, our, uh, in our portal today um, are actually not necessarily the highest performers. Uh, only this morning I was chatting to a CIO who was uh, rationalizing 3,000 different applications uh, nine, and 94 different versions of Salesforce <laughs> across one business. A great example. Yeah. And, and in that example, presumably this, this move to greater transparency is helping CIOs and CTOs enable the digital transformation that boards are demanding, but baking in security into that journey. Exactly right. You know, again, think about the strategic CISO. The strategic CISO needs to be responsive to the business can no longer be a person who just says no to every project. We live in the 21st century. Things are changing. Our companies are changing overnight. Every company is a technology company. Saying no to everything is the surest way to get you fired from your job. So really what you want to do is be a strategic advisor to the organization. If you're in a security position, you want to be a strategic advisor. You want to be able to meet the needs of the business without really slowing the business down. So from a third-party risk management perspective, one of the biggest problems that organizations have had, security folks have had over the last five to 10 years, is the way that they have approached vendor risk management has slowed the business down dramatically. They would ask a third party to fill out a questionnaire, and that questionnaire would come back maybe two or three months later. At this point, the business is, you know, you know, stomping their feet, you know, tapping their watch and saying, what is taking so long? And at that point, the security uh, official would say, well, we've got a little bit of data. Um, we have to trust what they said. So, yeah, I guess maybe let's go forward. That dynamic does not work in the 21st century. You cannot wait months and months and months to get information back about a business relationship. And so this is a great example of how strategic CISOs are leveraging security ratings to make to better make that initial decision about whether we should pursue a relationship or not. And then we can work collaboratively with the third party to have them address and remediate some of these security issues through a continuous monitoring capability that security ratings provide. But that's exactly the point we need to get beyond the just say no dynamic um, uh, and move towards a more collaborative approach. That's the way that that security is going to become more baked into the business. Absolutely. Jacob Olcott, thank you for joining the Horizon CIO podcast and discussing security ratings. If you enjoy this podcast, please do rate or review us on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.